This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, a week ago, the new British Chancellor of the Exchequer, Kwasi Kwarteng, produced what he called a mini-budget. It wasn't a mini-budget, it was a very significant budget. Had he called it a budget rather than a mini-budget, he would have had to take into account the Office for Budget Responsibility, the OBR, which is the independent arbiter of Britain's financial dealings. And it was put in place actually by a Tory, Chancellor George Osborne, who was Chancellor when David Cameron was Prime Minister. And the idea was you'd get an impartial and rigorous assessment of the budgets as they came along and the finances associated with them. Liz Truss and Kwasi Kwarteng cut the OBR out by calling it a, a mini-budget. However, we spoke to Chris Johns, and Chris, of course, one of our most popular contributors, former chief economist of the Bank of Ireland, and now a respected commentator. And what we didn't know when we were having that conversation was what was to come and has transpired in the last 48 to 72 hours. Chris, thank you very much for joining us again, because since we spoke, and it's only two or three days ago, things have developed ominously. And today, Remarkably, Liz Trust, the Prime Minister of three weeks standing, and Kwasi Kwarteng are going to meet the Office for Budget Responsibility. And the Prime Minister rarely gets involved in that conversation. The other thing that's happened is an opinion poll by YouGov, which appeared yesterday, which shows the Tory party 33% behind the Labour Party. And that is quite remarkable. That was a YouGov poll for The Times and a poll a couple of days before that showed Labour 17 points ahead. Chris, the first question I want to ask you is about the endeavours, if they were endeavours, to sideline the Office for Budget Responsibility last week in this process by calling it a mini-budget. Yeah, the... Uh, the dark humour of many in financial markets has been present this week with all sorts of jokes. There have been plays on Kwasi Kwarteng's name, 
the, the word um, kamikaze has been used in, yes. in, the, in the hedge fund community. It is reported that he's known as quasi Keqing, um, all very unkind and unfair, no a doubt. Keqing in, in that he's giving them money. Tens, yes, a lot of money. Absolutely. And it, another, again, dark humor. Uh, they're describing this as a special fiscal event in the same way that Putin's war in Ukraine yes. is a special military operation. Um, of course, neither were the descriptions are true. This was an, an enormous budget. And as you say, the reason why they didn't call it a budget was that that would require the scrutiny of the Office for Budget Responsibility. And as you say, they're meeting with them this morning, we believe. And we're searching around to see if there's any precedent for that. Nobody's found one. So we think that this is unique. This hasn't happened before. And the, the, the hope in financial markets, at least, is that the OBR will knock some sense into them. The fear is that they've gone there to try and uh, browbeat the OBR into producing some new economic forecasts that will favor uh, the new administration. So we shall see. Uh, but it is, um, un- these are unprecedented times. Let me just ask you about how this affects people in real time. For example, pensions and mortgage people with mortgages. The effect of this, I mean, it seems like 1,621 mortgage providers in the UK have withdrawn their products since last Friday. Yeah, there was. There was a, an interesting um, snippet on BBC's Question Time, the equivalent of your questions and answers last night, where yes. a young woman asked about mortgages specifically to the panel, which included a Tory, and explained in precise terms what you just described, which was that um, she was negotiating a mortgage and all of a sudden a, any offer disappeared. And then when an offer did come back, she said that the, off, the the rate that she was quoted for her new mortgage was going to be 10.6%. And that drew gasps from the audience, as, as yes. rightly so. Um, I suspect that might hit the high end of what's around at the moment, but it is an illustration of the, the way things looked as if they might be going this week. I suspect things have calmed down a little bit since then, thanks mostly to the actions of the Bank of England which seem at the moment to be the only adults in the room, in that they think... The, the government is at war with the Bank of England as well, because the Bank of England is concerned about inflation, and the budget produced by Quattering last Friday is very inflationary in many aspects. Yes, absolutely. The, t- the, the time to do what Quattering did last week would, was years ago, and um, really when George Osborne was Chancellor, when interest rates are at rock bottom, zero or even negative as they were for a while back then and the economy is in recession post the financial crisis that's the time when all economists jump up and down and say you should be doing some kind of fiscal event and of course he didn't he did austerity so the conservatives have got this amazing track record of now doing exactly the wrong thing at the wrong time um so the bank of england now is faced with an economy that is at full employment. It's not growing at all, but it is at full employment. It's generating inflation, and interest rates are a long way from zero. And so any extra stimulus that the Chancellor does, like he did last Friday, the risk and the likelihood is that it will be dissipated in inflation. It's perfectly possible politically that the, the, the boost to the economy from last Friday's budget will generate a little bit of growth in the short term. That's often what happens but the most likely thing is that that quickly dissipates 
into higher inflation. And that was one of the things that got the markets worried, and it certainly got the, the Bank of England worried. You then got the double whammy of um, unfunded tax cuts uh, worrying the markets and the Bank of England about inflation. And one of the markets that gets worried, of course, is sterling. And sterling staged a precipitate decline on the day and in subsequent days. It's recovered a little bit since then, as people realize that there is, A, probably the Bank of England is going to take charge now, and B, there is a chance that uh, um, the, 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 the talks with the OBR will produce a slightly better outcome. The final thing that's happened this week to stabilize sterling, because sterling has gone up a little bit in the last couple of days, is that people have realized that the way in which they are muttering about funding these tax cuts is through old-fashioned expenditure cuts. So in a way, it's the return of George Osborne-style austerity is the thing that's looming up on the horizon at us now. So a letter has gone out from the Treasury, the UK's finance ministry, to every spending ministry, um, went out yesterday actually, yes. uh, to say, um, please find some efficiency savings. This is the first salvo in what's likely to be a long war. They've also been muttering about breaking a promise made by Rishi Sunak to uprate all benefits and pensions in line with inflation. That's done once a year in the UK. It happens in April, and it's usually based on the September, the current month's inflation rate. So, of course, that means that next April's uprating of Social Security benefits and old age pensioners will be double digits, because that's where the UK inflation is at the moment. And they're saying now, hmm, we're going to have a look at this, and, yes. we'll, get, and we'll get back to you. It's, te it's 10%. Now, the Bank of England had to inject $65 billion into the British economy this week to save the whole edifice from crashing down. And that includes pensions, doesn't it? And it certainly includes mortgages. It also means businesses, small businesses in particular, would be out of business. I mean, this is once-in-a-lifetime stuff, isn't it? It was extraordinary this week, because what you had was the Bank of England in the previous week raised interest rates, uh, tightened monetary policy in the jargon, and announced that more tightening of monetary policy was going to take place because of all the money that they printed post-financial crisis, post-pandemic, quantitative easing, you might yes. remember was the jargon. Let's call it money printing. That's what it is. They were going to reverse it. They were going to stop the money printing and indeed take some of the money that they printed in the past back. Now, the way that actually works in financial markets is via government debt. The way the Bank of England injects money, prints money, and showers the economy with it is to buy government bonds. It's a technical thing. It's just the way they inject money into the system. And they proudly announced last week that they were never going to buy these bonds again. And in fact, they were going to be selling some back into the marketplace to drain money from the system. That's the technical way monetary yes. policy works. And this week, they had to reverse, a, do a complete U-turn. And as you say start buying 65 billion of long-dated government bonds. Government bonds are how government finances themselves. You, government finances themselves either through taxation or borrowing. And it's the borrowing that's getting people very worried. And so the Bank of England buying government bonds is essentially the, gov the Bank of England rolling the print printing presses to finance government spending or unfunded tax cuts. And the reason why they had to do this is that the one and a half trillion sterling pension fund industry, which is massive in the UK, is the biggest buyer of those government bonds. Um, them and the Bank of England essentially are the government debt markets in the UK.
with a bit of foreign participation as well. And they got themselves into huge trouble this week because of very technical, which I don't think we should go into here, very technical ways in which they uh, match their promises to pay people's pensions in the future, this, this time next year and this time in 30 years. They, they yeah. have lots of financial trickery to do to make sure that they've got the money to pay pensions. And the way in which they do it, um, it's called liability matching. Their assets must, must match their liabilities. Their liabilities are the pension payments. And their assets are the government bonds they own. And these collapsed in price this week, sending them into a financing problem. And it's got an awful lot to do with derivatives. You might remember that back in the days of the financial crisis, there was all this talk about financial derivatives in the mortgage market, particularly in the United States, were the initial uh, canaries in the coal mine that suggested that the financial system was under stress. But the, the pension funds were in a lot of trouble this week, a lot of trouble. And the only way they could be dug out of trouble was by the Bank of England doing this $65 billion purchase. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Now let's look at the politics of this for a moment, Chris. Lithros was not the preferred choice of the Tory MPs when they were voting for a new leader of the party. 
she was the preferred choice when it got down to two, her and Rishi Sunak, of the members of the party who are a very particular type. They're certainly not representative of the United Kingdom or Britain. Now, on Friday, Kutang produced this mini-budget. That was the first lie, because it wasn't a mini-budget. But then on Sunday, he came out again and he said, we're only starting. There's going to be more of this. And then on Monday, that's when the trouble began in a big way. And the pound sterling was under massive pressure and the whole thing came tumbling down. What I want to ask you is, this guy, he speaks six languages. He is supposed to be have a brilliant mind. He's a very close friend of tenure standing with Liz Truss. They are doing this together. In political terms, where is this on the spectrum of politics, the left-right spectrum? I mean, how have 33% of the British people decided they don't want these people in government? And she's only been prime minister for three weeks. Well, it's an extraordinary shift, and we could measure it in a number of ways. Uh, one of the best comments that I've seen about this is uh, a, a London Times commentator talked about gaslighting. Are you familiar with that term? Gaslighting? Uh, yeah, I, I am, yes. Is yeah. when somebody, via some weird psychological tricks, weird psychological stuff, uh, exerts coercive control over somebody else and gets them to believe something that is patently untrue, but essentially distorts reality for to somebody else to do their head in. And David Aronovich of the London Times said yesterday, what we're witnessing is essentially the result of six years of the ruling elite in the UK gaslighting themselves, which right. means that they've got themselves into this situation where they genuinely believe this nonsense that they are coming out with. These brilliant people, as you say, Kwasi Kwarteng is a brilliant man. He absolutely does speak all those languages. I think he's got two PhDs, Oxbridge, Harvard. The background is impeccable. But he clearly believes that this stuff, this cutting taxes, um, will unleash the, um, the British economy from its low growth trap that it's been in really since 2008, over a decade now. And Liz Truss believes this stuff as well. No reputable economist. No, I mean, I could just about name three economists who vaguely sort of kind of back what they're doing. And nine, you know, every other economist that I know of thinks that they are absolutely howl at the moon crazy. For what they are doing. Yes. But they seem to sincerely believe it. That's the self-gaslighting thing. And the specific answer to your question about where they lie on the political spectrum, what they seem to have done to themselves in terms of their own ideology, their own beliefs. Um, it, there's an article in today's Financial Times, um, a great journalist, uh, modern journalist, da data-based, uh, called John Murdoch Brown. He's the be best of his type out there. It's a new form of journalism this very data-based stuff that he does. And he's produced a map of 275 political parties around the world where they lie on the political spectrum. So this is the answer to your question. So on this spectrum, you've got Labour in the UK and the US Democratic Party roughly at about, at about the same point they, you know, in terms of the right-left split. They ideologically look to be bedfellows, which is the sort of thing that you would expect. 
To the left of those lies the party, well, to the left of those, Sinn Féin, for example, is on this map. And the furthest left parties that you see on this map are the Greek Communist Party and the Cuban Communist Party. So it all makes sense. Yes. And prior to last Friday, or prior really to Liz Truss taking over, the Conservative Party lay obviously to the right of Labour and the US Democratic Party, but well to the left of the US Republican Party. Again, you wouldn't be surprised by that outcome. But today, according to this map, this ideological map, out of 275 parties around the world, 274 now sit to the left of Liz Truss's conservatives. That includes uh, Bolsonaro in Brazil, the Brothers of Italy, and all the other right-wing nutcase parties around the world. They are now, according to this metric, the most extreme right-wing party in the world. Yes, and, and just to continue on that sort of theme, Mel Stride is the Tory MP, a very experienced MP. He's the chair of the Treasury Select Committee. And he has been out this week and he has been saying that this is wrong in every respect. Now, the Treasury Select Committee is powerful and as the Office for Budget Responsibility is powerful. So they can, as it were, offer some opposition to Liz Truss and Kwasi Kwarteng. The question really is this. Is this the Tory party? Is Mel Stride the Tory party? Or is Liz Truss the Tory party? Because, for example, Rishi Sunak, when the two of them were going head-to-head for the leadership just a matter of weeks ago, he said that if she did what she was saying she was going to do, which is what she's in fact done, the, the pound sterling would collapse and the country would be in economic turmoil. And what he said would happen has happened. And they have their party conference beginning on Sunday, 33% behind Labour in a YouGov poll for the Times newspaper. Absolutely. And Rishi Sunak is looking like an economic forecasting guru right now in terms of the extension. He's not going to the conference, and indeed many other Tory MPs aren't going to the conference, which is why I'd like you to tell us, is this the Tory party of Cameron, of George Osborne, of Theresa May? Let's leave Johnson aside for the moment. Or is it? a kind of radical right-wing, almost cultish government that will have an effect on us here as well through the Northern Ireland Protocol. This is a new party, and it doesn't deserve the label conservative. Conservative is supposed to mean that um, you like to conserve things. You, you, yes. you pre- prefer things to stay roughly as they are. And th- this, as I've just suggested, with this radical move to the right, um, radical is the word. And so you don't normally put radical and conservative in the same sentence. Th- these are policies that would never have been pursued by any of those prime ministers that you mentioned. And you, you said, let's not m- mention Johnson. Johnson wouldn't have tried this. No, he, no. W- he would have had the nouse to know that this would get him into trouble. Um, and I suspect that um, the, the conspiracy theorists out there, and I've said too many times I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but this is this is one of my favorites at the moment, is that when Johnson backed trust, this is yes. exactly what he was betting on yes. for perhaps making the big comeback when she yes. eventually implodes if she hasn't done so already. 
So no, this is not the Conservative Party of old. It is something brand new. It's not something we've ever seen from, I think, any political party in the UK. I'm not sure even that the far-right parties of old that were very fringe, never really got anywhere near Parliament, would have espoused uh, these kinds of policies in the way that they have been done. Because at the very least, the the carnage this week means that the the Conservatives have lost their reputation, such as it was, for, for sound management of the economy and they're going to struggle to get it back but that's what they're doing the meeting today with the, the obr is 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 the the fight back to try and get back some kind of credibility with the markets but the the, the train wreck that is happening and, and the consequences have yet to be fully felt is that all of this adds up to higher interest rates in terms that's the financial impact and you asked about the impact on people and it's that is going to be the absolute key one for the next year or two, because the Bank of England is going to be jacking up interest rates unless something dramatically changes again. And those higher interest rates are going to kill the housing market stone dead. There is almost certainly, if interest rates go up in the way that we think they are now going to, going to be a, a big housing market correction in the UK. And in- that's a housing crash, isn't it, like we had here in 2008? Well, it's difficult to say how bad it will get. I've seen estimates that suggest, and they are only guesses rather than even estimates, that house prices will now fall 15% if interest rates rise over the course of the next year in the way that we think that they will. But those are just guesses. Uh, the, the housing market is is poised for a correction, absolutely. Just how bad it gets remains to be seen. But if that's backed up by these big spending cuts, because there are, very, there are all sorts of tricks the government could pull now. One of the things that she could do is that she could backtrack a little bit and say, okay, the way we're going to fund these tax cuts is through big spending cuts, but promise those spending cuts after the next general election. Right Now, now that might satisfy some people in Westminster, but it wouldn't satisfy the financial markets because they'd see that for, for what it is. Or the people who are suffering. Indeed. And this is, there was a lot of talk about this red wall phenomenon, and, and it was a phenomenon, and it did yield an 80-seat majority, many of them from towns and cities in the north of England that I know very well, and indeed in the Midlands. But these people have been shafted, haven't they? Oh, big time. And if they are going to do spending cuts, which seems to be the, the cul-de-sac that they're being boxed into by all the various developments in markets, by what the Bank of England is doing, what they are doing to themselves seems to almost, not almost, it, it actually mandates big spending cuts now. And as I say, we've seen the first thing. And if you look at what they can, what where the spending is in the UK, then it's the, it's the same as in Ireland. The big spending ministries are health, yes. education, and in the UK at least, it's defence. She's promised to increase the defence budget, um, so that's ring fence. So the only things that are left are health and social security. They're, they're cutting yeah. anything else is neither here nor there because they're, they're not big, big enough spending departments. And the NHS, Eamon, I mean, we talk about various crises affecting the UK. The, the, the NHS is in absolute yes. crisis at the moment before winter has even started. Yes. It's, it's not on its knees, it's on its back. If you talk to insiders in the, in the NHS, people are leaving in droves. One yeah. in 10 jobs are vacant and that number is going up, not down. Wait times are increasing. If you have a heart attack in the UK, you can wait 10 hours for an ambulance at the moment. I could go on and on. But if they are going to do spending cuts, they're going to have to cut the NHS budget. 
And of course, the face-to-face meeting with your GP now is also a luxury that most people don't enjoy. Let me ask you finally, Chris, about this meeting today between Truss, Kwasi Kwarteng, and the Office of Budget and Responsibility. How independent is the Office for Budget Responsibility? And what would be the, the worst outcome for Truss and her government? And what would be the best? And, uh, and is there any reason why the OBR should oblige them? Well, there are various strands to that, Eamon. The OBR is independent. It was set up, as, as you say, by George Osborne. And this is the time when the independent institutions of the British state need to stand up and be counted, um, yes. if we are to have it. And any, they have done, some yeah. of them, but the Bank of England. The Bank of England, England, notably, has done its job this week. And we, we, one of the reasons why we think sterling has stabilised in the last couple of days is because the Bank of England seems to be operating as it should. All eyes now turn to the OBR. What Truss and Quateng will do, I suspect, I don't know, I'm not there, but what I think they will do is that they will try to say to the OBR, look, we are doing uh, all these policies to boost economic growth. So therefore, we want you to put your economic GDP growth forecasts up, please. And in so doing, that means that, that over time, the tax revenues will be generated, the jobs will be generated, and that the magic numbers will all start to fall into place. If the OBR does its job and says that there may well be a short-term boost to growth um, over the next while because of that budget, but over time, a number of things will happen. First, it w- the boost will dissipate, and it won't be jobs and growth that gets boosted. It will be inflation. And if they go on to say that, this, therefore, the economy will continue to stagnate and you will not get your uh, boosted tax revenues, you will therefore have a uh, sustainability question around your public finances. And that all that you did last Friday was essentially blow up the public finances. The OBR will be seen to have done its job. They will be being linked on, I would guess this morning, very heavily to come into line with this idea that because you simply say, I am boosting economic growth, lo and behold, your economic growth forecasts go up. And I don't. I, I think it's really important to uh, stress that original, you know, weird belief system that this this government has, which is that they believe firmly that what they did last Friday will boost economic growth. Every economist is telling them that it won't, and the, the, there are all sorts of restraints on British growth. There are all sorts of reasons why growth hasn't happened in the UK since two thousand and eight, and one of the biggest ones, of course, is Brexit. If you mess up your biggest trading your relationship with your biggest trading partner then um, that will act as a dragging anchor on economic growth there are lots and lots of other reasons why economic growth isn't taking place in the uk education and training infrastructure all sorts of different deficiencies in the uk system need to be rectified and the one thing that you need to say to them if you're the office of a budget responsibility or a media commentator is that nothing that you did last friday is actually going to work to produce the outcome that you want, which is higher economic growth. Okay, Chris, thank you very much. It's worth noting in passing that Liz Truss was a confirmed Remainer. She was right about that. (laughs) Thank you very much. That's Chris Johns. We're grateful to Chris, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. This story will unfold and maybe we'll be behind the curve, but it's a big day 
for the British government and indeed for all of us, because if they go bang, we all might go bang. Thanks for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.